friends, welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I'm so stoked that you are here today with us. And I'm so excited to introduce you to my good friend, Katrina Spencer. We have known each other for quite a few years, and the topic we're going to be talking about today is a hard one, but a really good one, and that is the value of good mentorship and how to heal from the bad, because unfortunately, we are human, and that means that we let each other down every once in a while, and sometimes we hurt one another. And so we're going to be talking through some of our stories and, and then how to how to go about finding a mentor. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my friend, Katrina. Hi. 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 Oh, it's, I'm, well, I'm good. How are you doing? Just lovely. Lovely. <laughs> uh, we are actually in Katrina's apartment right now in the L.A. area. Katrina, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, maybe share some effects about yourself, like who you are, how old you are, where you, well, we already talked about where you yeah. live, but you know, All some other fun things. And a fun fact. Fun fact. That's right. Janine said, my name's Katrina and I live in Pasadena, California. I'm originally from Reno Sparks, Nevada, which is near Lake Tahoe. I'm 26 years old and a fun fact is that I get to marry my best friend in just a few months. Yeah. Yes. Hi, Joel. Hey, Joel. How you doing? <laughs> you how you guys, doing? How did you guys meet again? It depends on who you ask. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, we met on the 4th of July 2015 at a barbecue, mm-hmm. um, but we really got to know each other through um, doing our master's program together. Cool. So. Cool. And yes. um, I saw, well, I've seen your engagement photos before everyone else, which makes me feel really special. <laughs> um, maybe not everyone else, but. You heard in the. The top ten, probably. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, You're up there. But I saw the pictures from when you guys got engaged, yes. and it looked stunning. Can you tell Picture us a little perfect. bit of that story? Oh, yes. I'd love to. Yeah. Um, it was perfect. It was at Lake Tahoe. Like I said, it was my backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, we were up visiting my family for Christmas, and he collaborated with um, my mom and my sister and just had, like, the most perfect evenings uh, set up for us and beautiful snow-capped mountains and is on the dock at Edgewood at Lake Tahoe. Um, so it was absolutely stunning and he had like rose petals on the dock and like little flower petals and candles and it was wonderful. That's so sweet. Oh gosh. Well, you guys are the best. I love you guys together. He's the best. Um, oh, and what do you do? I, I, it's a really hard question because it depends on the day. Mm -hmm. And so I would say overall, um, you could classify me as a millennial catch-all. Yeah, girl. I know that. Yeah. 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 So work for a couple of different organizations and companies and love the freedom that that creates. Mm -hmm. Um, but also have to be really intentional about establishing boundaries and not Mm -hmm. constantly sitting in front of my computer. Yeah. Cause it's like majority remote, right? Oh, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't have an office. I work Mm -hmm. from the same place we're sitting now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I totally know that life because that's kind of how I feel in my remote jobs. Like I have a title of doing tech stuff, but for a while it especially felt like throw all the tech things to Janine because she's a millennial. And I was like, okay, I'll figure it out. (laughs) Well, and that's the best part is, I mean, living where we live and having Mm -hmm. access to internet and therefore access to Google and YouTube, you can learn anything. You can learn anything. So there's a lot of times in my jobs where they said, can you design a website? And I said, I'll figure it out. (laughs) That's how I felt. I was like, I don't know. I know like this much, this teeny tiny bit about WordPress and now I manage 10 WordPress sites. See? So it's just like, you know, it's fine. Google and YouTube. Teaches Millennials you. killing <laughs> the game. <laughs> I alluded to this earlier, but we met in college. So I kind of want to hear your side of the story. How did, how do we know each other? Yeah. So we met, what was it? 2012? Yeah. I dude, think which seven is years ago. Nuts. I know. We're getting old. It feels like it was like two days ago. So <sighs> a lot of life has happened since yeah. then. Um, yeah. So what? I think it was, shout out to Parker Daniels, who mm-hmm. said, talk to Janine before 
she leaves. And I said, who is Janine and where is she going and why do I talk to her? Because <laughs> um, I was stepping into the role that you were stepping out of when you graduated into mm-hmm. student leadership. Mm-hmm. And so we connected on that. And mm-hmm. you said, yeah, I'm moving to Nashville. And I said, who do you know in Nashville? And you said, no, no one. one. <laughs> I said, what are you going to do? You said, I, I don't know. know. And I said, okay, Parker, why am I talking to Janine? <laughs> She's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and it was, like, one of those things where it made sense. Like, I feel like we should have always been friends, mm-hmm. and so I'm sad that we, like, didn't know each other mm-hmm. that full year we were there. But I love social media and how it can be used to yeah. stay connected to people. Yeah. Like, we were friends, so you hung out a couple times, and then uh-huh. you stayed in my apartment another time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we had yeah, really yeah, hung yeah. out a ton in between that. That's crazy, because I thought, that, literally, you guys, we were talking about this before we started recording. I was 100% convinced that we were <laughs> friends when I was in school, but... Apparently we were not. I also have the memory of an 85-year-old woman, so I'm not surprised that I'm wrong, but I was very convinced that, like... and, I mean, at that time, Jessup was so small... It was so small. ...that you knew everyone. Yeah, our school was pretty tiny. So it wasn't, like... Yeah, I just... We were friends. We didn't, like, hate each other. We were acquaintances. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I don't think I hated anyone. (laughs) But maybe people hated me. No. There's no way. There's no way. You never know. You never know. Um, That's so funny. I just think it's hilarious that I was completely wrong in what I believed was the origin of our friendship. (laughs) So, but shout out to Instagram and blogging and social media for keeping us connected, regardless of the distance. Yeah, I came here... And the years. Like, yeah. I came here like six months ago, maybe mm-hmm. a little less than, right after I got back from Europe for a week. Also, y'all need to know, I used to be such a planner, like such a planner, so type A. Um, when I was in Europe toward the end of the trip, you and I talked about me coming, mm-hmm. and we like set the dates, and then I forgot until yeah. like a week before when you texted and you were like, hey, are you still coming next week? <laughs> and I was up in the Bay Area, so it's like six hours away, and I was like, oh, I mean, yeah. Might as well. <laughs> Might as well. But then I ended up down here for a week with, like, no plans. I know. That's great. <laughs> it was actually a lot of fun, though. <laughs> on this good old couch. Oh, this couch. This is a very comfortable couch to sleep like on. 40 I've 40 bucks from Craigslist. I've slept on many a couch. Yeah. This is a good one. Thank you. Um, <laughs> You're very proud. <laughs> okay, one more icebreaker question before yes. we get into our topic of uh, the day, and that is, what is your favorite place you've ever been, or a place you're hoping to go, or both? Let's do both. Yes. I love Florence, Italy. I think it's just like stunning. (laughs) And the last time I was able to be there, um, I got up early and I walked the streets and there was no one. And it was like the most peaceful. Like you are an early riser. I am. (laughs) I am. It was just like so stunning and pretty. Um, I bet it's really nice when there aren't all the people out there. Maybe that's why I didn't like Florence very much. It was Mm -hmm. packed when I was there. Oh yeah. If you can go like either late at night Mm -hmm. when like not too late, Mm -hmm. but like when it's not like the hustle and bustle of city Mm -hmm. life. Oh, it's so beautiful and stunning. Okay. I'll give it it a second chance. Please do. Um, and where I want to go is South Africa. Why do you want to go to South (laughs) Africa? I mean, I do too, but because of all the penguins. (laughs) Like, a friend of mine yeah. just went there and posted this video, and they're just, like, these little penguins just, like, waddling around. On the beach. Yes. And they said, did you touch one? And she said, no. And I said, no. You might not be able to. Okay, but, like... You might as well try, though. You might as well try. <laughs> sometimes rules are there to be... And sometimes... You know. They're just, yeah, they're just... They're not, they're not like, black and white, right? Right. It's like, <laughs> hey, it might not be good to touch them. They might bite you. Or... or 
this penguin might be really friendly and you can pet it. <laughs> so I've well, never done research when, really. Yeah. That, but they look cute. If, it, if and when you end up there, if yeah, you pet I'll a penguin. You guys know. Yeah, please. Let me yeah, know. I'll, I'll write back in. <laughs> I have South Africa on my list too. I have some friends that are there right now living there and I'm like, oh, I should try and visit. Actually, if you're listening, hi guys. <laughs> I want to come visit you guys. Okay, so let's move into our topic and that is the value of good mentorship and healing from the bad, mm. which sounds very... Very dun dun dun. Like it sounds. It very feels ve- and it is very dun dun. <laughs> I can't think of the word, but yeah. So you and I both have stories um, and experiences of being hurt um, by people in our lives who acted as mentors. Mm-hmm. So I recently uh, published a, bl- a blog post, kind of describing what happened to me in Nashville, uh, which is this mentor relationship that went yeah. south and how that affected my faith journey mm-hmm. and a lot of things in that last year when I was living in Nashville. But I'm just going to share a little bit about okay. that. And mm-hmm. so I was in a small group or a Bible study of women. It was multi-generational, different churches. It was really, really cool, actually, um, because we weren't tied to one thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the women in it, um, her uh, and her husband kind of became like, this this tends to happen to me when I mm. in my life. A lot of families kind of graft me in in ways where like I'm almost part of the family, which is really awesome. And then, uh, her and her husband were that for me for a little bit. And w- in that group of women, we actually planned an event, which was mm. super fun. It was a fall event, and uh, for a bunch of women in the area. And I kind of served as like the photographer and graphic designer mm. and did some stuff for it. And the next year, we got around to start planning for the next one. Something just switched, and I noticed uh, discernment's one of my bigger uh, spiritual mm-hmm. gifts. And so usually I can tell when things are off or a person is off. Um, and so I went into this first meeting, and something felt off, and I didn't quite know what it was. Granted, I need everyone to understand I was, like, I was burning at both ends. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so burnt out because um, I had just finished paying off all my student loans. Like, I had yeah. just become debt-free, you know, coming off of 70-hour work weeks with all right. my jobs. right. I was not um, my best self. That's probably the best way to say it. I'll just say I, I left this meeting feeling very weird. Like something was different. Um, I was in a place where I wasn't feeling like I mattered in that group mm-hmm. anymore. Um, they didn't need me, whatever. The next night, I actually got a call from this woman who um, basically let me know that she and the leadership team which was a new term <laughs> to this group of people, which was very interesting, had decided that I they didn't need me on the team this year. Hmm. Um, and it wasn't that wasn't the language that was used. I wish that was the language that was used, but it was more that they didn't feel I respected their leadership or that I was a team player, hmm. um, which was one thing to say, but it went a little bit beyond that into um, her accusing me of having um, emotional and spiritual issues that I needed to go to counseling for, Mm. which was very vague. It wasn't, like, super descriptive. She just said, it seems like there's things in your life that you need to deal with because it's affecting you and your relationships and your attitude and blah, 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 blah. Um, To which, uh, and then also, actually, I should say, she she brought up a... um, thing in my life that I had told this group in confidence mm. and kind of used it against me, mm. which wasn't, is never okay. You should never do that. But you especially shouldn't do that as someone who is older 
and a mentor mm. to someone that you're mentoring. Mm-hmm. Um, so this woman was like parent age. She was in her, hmm. she was like my mom's age. And this all happened. I am not a verbal processor. Like I need time to process things. So I didn't have a response for her, her hmm. in that phone call and was crying, like very emotional that by the time that we hung up the phone, I actually had my first ever panic attack. Hmm. Um, it was not, it was really, really scary. I was also house sitting, so I was by myself, kind mm-hmm. of in the middle of nowhere, where this house was. So I had a friend who was nearby, I went to her house, talked with her through it, what had just happened, because I needed to talk to somebody. Because also, I was like, what is this person seeing in my life that I'm not seeing? Right, right. Because I'm highly self aware. Um, and then ended up, you know, that's kind of a long winded explanation, but by the end, um, a few a few weeks later, I came to find out that I wasn't the first person this happened to hmm. with um, her. And so it had happened to a couple other people who had been in the group. It looked different. Right. But it made me realize that the problem had so much less to do with me hmm. than she had made me think. Interesting. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And it gave me a lot of peace in that, like, there were some things I needed to be working on, but, like... Nothing to the extent in which she made me believe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I got scared because it, it made me question maybe some of my identity and some of my, just the things that were going on in my life. It made me question a lot of things and it, it was scary to me because I was like, what is this person seeing that I'm not seeing? Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so that all happened. And there's more to it than that. Like I, I like it started to infiltrate things at my workplace mm-hmm. and we had a ton of mutual friends were invited to the same gatherings. I got blocked on all the social medias. Like, it was all this stuff where I was like, what the heck is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's a little bit about my story. <laughs> we did end up getting coffee a few months later and kind of talked through things. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to get coffee because mm-hmm. I was very much like, this is not somebody that I want in my life because I don't trust this person anymore. Mm-hmm. Because she had used things against me, right? So that was just kind of a self-protecting situation. But uh, I very much felt like I needed to, hmm. like, mm-hmm. just initiate it, get the coffee, apologize for how you made her feel, right? Which I did, um, and we got to talk through things a little bit. But I was like, this isn't a friendship. Hmm. This is more just let me do what I can on my end to make sure that there's peace here, which came from a scripture that I read in Romans where it says, so much as it depends on you, Mm -hmm. live at peace among others. And so I said, okay, I don't really want to, but fine. So I did. That's great. But um, I'm still blocked on all the social media. A few few years later, I have no idea what's going on in their lives. So um, it was really hard, and I didn't realize actually how much it affected my spiritual life, Hmm. which if you are curious, you can read more in my blog post. I'll link it in the show notes. But Um, so I wanted to just kind of preface our topic with sharing that because you have a similar but different Mm -hmm. situation that happened in your life. So what can you share about what happened? By the way, we're very intentionally not naming names, um, of the people involved or any organizations or affiliations because we do want to honor and respect everyone involved and we do actually really want the best for them. So regardless of what happened to us Mm -hmm. in our situations Mm -hmm. and the, the hurts and the healings, um, we're just not using any names. So just FYI for you guys. Yeah. I think it's really similar in the way of, I think you and I both highly value mentorship and Mm -hmm. we highly value wisdom. Um, and I'm not sure if your 
familiar with the Enneagram, anyone who's listening, but I am a six and I recognize that I'm a six to a fault. Mm. Um, and the main category of that is the loyalist. And so when I have chosen someone, like chosen mm-hmm. them for life, um, like, you know, a twilight scene. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I'm talking about where like, what's his name? He's the werewolf guy. But then like years later, sorry for those uh, spoiler on this, but if you've missed Twilight, but not like it's long gone. But you know oh, what I mean when he, he like imprinted. imprinted on someone, like yeah. and he's chosen them and protect them for the rest of yeah. their life. Like that's how I feel. Like it is to a fault. Like what happened there is like weird. Yeah, you know what I mean. But that's the best way like I can describe it. To be honest, is mm-hmm. when I have chosen someone, like I don't care what you do to me, mm-hmm. like I will stand by you and I will honor you and I will support you for the rest of mm-hmm. my life. Um, and so for me, like I have a wide net of community, but I have a very small group of people that I allow allow to speak into my life and Mm -hmm. that I welcome their advice regardless Mm -hmm. of if it's outlandish or if it's crazy, like I know they want what's best for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, all that to say is, yeah, I was invited into a relationship with them and I have never experienced more hurt and more Mm -hmm. pain in my life than, um, the ending of this relationship. Mm -hmm. Like it is, by far like one of the hardest things I've had to walk through because of how much I trusted them and how much I still believe in them and how much I still support them and still mm-hmm. um just love them want to see them yeah you want to see them do well yeah and yeah. so yeah the ending like I have cried more about this than probably truly anything in my life mm-hmm. um which might be unhealthy um <laughs> but, you know what like I I also I feel things deeply and I especially felt mm-hmm. this because of the space I opened up to them yeah the space that I willingly like believed in what was going on I believed in um what their mission was Mm -hmm. and I was going to stand in that corner Mm -hmm. um I ruined some friendships because of it I literally uprooted my entire life um to support them better Mm um and it all like crumbled overnight Mm -hmm. and it was I knew like a few days before something was going on just in the way that text messages were being responded to and mm-hmm. um, the meeting was set up over an email and I was like, why would you set me up an email? Like, this doesn't make any sense. So I was like, I knew something was going on, but I thought, I mean, mm-hmm. never in a million years could I have anticipated it going down the way that it did. And it's one of those moments in life that are like sadly like so ingrained into my mind and mm-hmm. the words that were said and the things that were said to me and about me and um, hmm. like it cut deep mm-hmm. and that was the hardest part. Like, I don't think it was like seasons are seasons, right? Yes. Like people come in and out of our lives yes. and that's good and that's healthy. Yeah. And, it, and it wasn't even that this relationship was ending, whether it was good reasoning or bad reasoning, it was what was said in that space. That was the hardest part of all of it. I mean, someone that I love and I trust and well, trusted, um, so someone I love and I trusted looked me in the eye and said you've betrayed me mm-hmm. and I left like I don't know if I heard anything else in that meeting but I left wondering what did I do what was yeah, what said what was believed and how did I not show up my best self that she would ever question in her mind mm-hmm. that I would betray them yeah um and so that's the hardest part for me is that as like I mentioned like I'm a loyalist yep. and so I, I I googled like what does betrayed mean you know, like I didn't know, and it's an intentional act to hurt or harm someone. And so the fact that they then thought that I intentionally did something or said something to hurt them, mm-hmm. 
is crushing. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've opened up about so many areas of my past with them and I have let them in and I've let them speak into my life and I have made decisions out of their advice. And so when a mentor and someone that you high, you hold up so high and not on like a pedestal, right? Mm-hmm. But just like someone whose opinion you value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then like you said, they take something that you said, Hey, this is an area of my life where I'm working on. And they say, we don't know. Like, mm-hmm. we know you said you're working on it, but we actually just want your finished product, you know? And so it's like, you went to a mentor because you're like, okay, I can trust you. I know I have areas in my life I need to work on. Mm-hmm. And so I thought you were a safe place for me to do that. And now you're saying, well, because I'm not presenting you my fully finished product, but I'm still a work in progress, you know, mm-hmm. you no longer want something to do with me. And Which is insane because yeah. we're all a work in progress. Forever. Forever. Like we will never yeah. fully arrive. Yeah. It was just hard. Mm-hmm. It was really hard. Um, and so that relationship ended and... Overnight. Overnight. I haven't seen them since, and that was... Over a year ago. Yeah, that was... When this comes out, will be almost a year. And yeah. so it's something I pray about daily. I'm praying for reconciliation. I am trying to pursue... Like, I'm not pursuing relationship, per mm-hmm. se. But I, like I said, like, I love them. I believe in them. I so strongly support what they're doing and mm-hmm. believe that the Lord really has, like, a strong calling on their life. And, well, yeah, it's just, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to have someone that you would do anything for mm-hmm. drop you overnight. Gosh. Um, yeah, wow, our stories are very similar. Um, Which is crazy. I know. Because we know the the actual details yeah, of each yeah, other's yeah, story. Yeah, 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 and yeah, even yeah, though yeah. we're very, like, vaguely sharing it mm-hmm. here to respect mm-hmm. them, like, when you line up, it's almost... Yeah. Well, ultimately, what we both realized in our... Well, at least what I realized, I won't speak for you, but was that... Um, what happened to me with this person was coming from a place of insecurity in that person. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, we all have insecurities. Right. Like, we all have things that we don't feel 100% confident mm-hmm. in. That's just part of being human. Right. Um, but sometimes what can happen, and it's really unfortunate, is that our insecurities can kind of bleed out into our relationships. And then it becomes this kind of... Uh, Almost like we lash out at other people because hmm. we're 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 coming from a place of insecurity. I mean, I'm guilty of doing right, that. Right. So I'm not saying like, oh, I'm not perfect. Heck no. Right. But it's just unfortunate when it happens in such a drastic way that it completely one deteriorates a relationship, mm-hmm. but two, then it like has this way bigger ripple effect, and in- way bigger in ways that. I strongly think that, <laughs> like, the enemy used a lie that they believed mm. to alter mm-hmm. not only my trajectory, but theirs. Yeah. Like, I believe that we bought into a lie at this point, mm-hmm. and I didn't learn from them everything I was supposed to learn, mm-hmm. and I also didn't get to give everything to them that I was supposed to give. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. It so, almost, yeah, cuts relationships it does. short. And it's not, I don't think they operated out of insecurity. Mm-hmm. I might have been out of fear. Um, it might've been out of hurt. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was out of insecurity, but I would say that we operated out of something that wasn't our best self Mm -hmm. and that's what's having this ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And it's just all misplaced. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe a a good way to say it is that in a way insecurity is kind of birthed out of fear, right? Mm -hmm. Like whether it's a fear of just not being good enough or whatever that can very easily birth some sort of insecurity that then you are operating out of. Right. So maybe they go a little bit hand in hand sometimes. Absolutely. Okay. So considering what we both walked through, Mm -hmm. I know that we each had to 
figure out what healing looked like. Yeah. Um, so how did you pursue healing from that relationship and that situation? To be honest, I think I'm still pursuing it. Same. I, I was in a meeting the other day and I just started crying and I was like, how does this still affect me? Mm-hmm. Like how <laughs> it's mind blowing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can not talk to someone for months and at this point years and like, it still hurts. Mm-hmm. It still hurts. Um, I think the biggest thing for me in pursuing healing was not isolating myself. Mm, yeah. Cause that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. I kept hearing this lie of, well, see you opened up. You shouldn't have been fully yourself. You shouldn't have told them that, mm-hmm. told, you know, and I, and I recognize like these are coming from the enemy, right? Like these aren't thoughts that are from God. And it was easy to buy into this lie. It said, you should have kept the doors closed there. You sh-, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and the first thing I did was call. So I believe in like a network of mentors. Like mm-hmm. I'm a strong component of mentors and, um, I have, my mentor that I go to, um, whether it's professional work relationship, mm-hmm. um, faith, family, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just called her in tears and went to her house at night and sat and cried for literally the entire night. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I don't know what happened. I don't know. Like, I don't know how I got here. I don't know what this looks like. Honestly, it was worse than any like breakup I've <laughs> ever had, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it was worse than any of that. Um, and, and that's what it felt like. It felt like I was recovering from a breakup, mm-hmm. you know? And what I wanted to do was to shut myself in a corner and to cut out all communication and to yeah. say, it'd be a lot easier to do so that. So much easier. Like no more mentors, no mm-hmm. more trying to grow and develop, no more of this. I'm going to be by myself and do this all on my own. But instead I, I recognize like, okay, that's super unhealthy. And my mentor, Joy, she called me on it. She's like, you, this is unhealthy. Like mm-hmm. you need to let us in and you need to let us help you heal from this. And so I had to sit with people, small people. Like I talked to, two, three mm-hmm. people. And these are, you know, my tribe that, mm-hmm. um, I can go to for anything of just where I was at and recognizing at the end of the day, their hope, my hope for them, our hope for everyone, right. Is that like, we're always going to be our best selves. Mm-hmm. But as you said in the intro or earlier in this podcast, at some point, like we're all human. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. and we're going to mess up mm-hmm. and we have to make sure that in everything we're doing, like we're continuing Continuing to focus on who God is. Yeah. Um, and not allowing anyone to take that place. So see, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I detail in the blog post, but like I, my experience actually made me step away. Not right. from my faith, but from church. Because well, I, it happens in the church. It happened in the church. Right. It was in the church. This was, hmm. this was someone who I went to the same church with. They were very close with the pastors. Right. And I was like, you know what, Jesus, you and me are cool. Your people are really hard for me right now. Mm-hmm. And I got it. I just have some things I need to work through. So I actually kind of did the opposite where mm-hmm. I didn't lean in. Mm-hmm. I almost pulled away. I pulled away, really, if we're honest. I pulled away. Yeah. And I didn't realize all of this until I was in Ireland. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like more than a year yeah. of just kind of being in this spiritual wandering. Mm-hmm. I was in this like... It was like I was an Israelite. <laughs> like, so in some ways, I still kind of am. But like, oh, real. Yeah. so uh, yeah, that's such solid advice. Like leaning into the people that you mm-hmm. know you can still trust, and that's a hard thing. Is like so hard knowing who can you trust. Like, how did exactly. you know that these people that you were going to after this situation mm-hmm. happened? How did you feel safe with them? Yeah, gosh, that's a hard question. And dessert, that's question. a hard question. <sighs> Because it's, it's easy to say, like, I don't want anything to do with this. I don't want anything to do with the church mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of... It's, it's just like, it's almost one of those things where 
if you get burned by one, you just never want it to happen again. Right. So you protect you, yourself. Yeah, you protect. It's like self protection, mm-hmm. but it's false protection because mm-hmm. it's not really. You're not actually helping yourself by right. doing that. Right. And I think, in my opinion, I feel like the enemy tries to isolate us so that mm-hmm. we start believing more and more and more of those lies mm-hmm. and not believing the truth of who God is and who He says He is and who He always will be. And that's in the self preservation mode. Do we even open our hearts up to who God is? Hmm. And do we even open up our hearts to wanting to like sit and be in prayer because we were just hurt mm-hmm. by his people, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like somehow we attribute, well, if your, per- if your people, like this person that you've entrusted for the church or for a ministry has hurt me, then are you also going to hurt me? And so then mm-hmm. do we start questioning like who God is? That's the thing though. Mine is so weird. I didn't question God at all. Just as people. It was the people. I was yeah. like, these people suck. And that's, sorry, that's very much out. That came from a very <laughs> hurt person. No, I don't actually think that his people suck. It was just, I was really hurt. Yeah. And I was also living in a place that is like very different from where I grew up and where I mm-hmm. became a Christian culturally. And so I just was seeing some things in within like the church, big church, mm-hmm. that like Capital I had nev- C church. Yeah, that I had yeah. never seen before. And I was like, what the heck? Like I yeah. just was I was also just kind of becoming I was becoming jaded by a lot of different mm-hmm. things. That was just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah, and it's like once you see that everyone who works in the church is just as hurt as broken as you are. Yeah, we're all a mess. We're all a mess, and we're all hurting one another because we're broken. Like, exactly. We are not perfect. Exactly. And we never will be. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we are going to let one another down. Like, mm-hmm. there's just no avoiding that. But it is about doing the best that we can and recognizing right. the, the the flaws in mm-hmm. our own lives and then having a lot of grace for everyone else. Right. And I think we put false expectations on people. I think the older I'm getting and the more I've been open with sharing a little bit of my story, this story with people, I've realized there are a lot of people who love God, but have been hurt by other Christians. Mm -hmm. And we can't, like you were saying, we can't let those experiences affect our view of who God is Yeah, and his goodness. And because we are not 100% his representation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because we're not perfect. And that's how I feel like I healed from this was going straight back to God and not to people. Yeah. Have you seen though, Mm. this situation in that, or that situation in that relationship maybe affect some of your other relationships? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, it goes back to that self preservation. Mm -hmm. And so being afraid to open up, being afraid to be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. being afraid that it's going to happen again, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, Joel's been so gracious with me in that. Like it's totally affected this relationship mm-hmm. and that makes me so sad mm-hmm. that like, that's a thing now. It makes yeah. you sad that it's a thing now it where is. you have to like, you think about it. You, you think about it going into relationships with people. Right. right. Yeah. And even like now we are engaged and we are getting married and sometimes I'm like, but are you going to leave? And he just like looks at me like, ah. and you, you end up with a weird, you, for you, it's a fear of abandonment. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. And and that's like what I'm saying. Like he's been so gracious, and he knows that, and so he really tries to speak mm-hmm. into that and say, like, it doesn't matter, like what happens. Mm-hmm. Like I've chosen you, and always will, you know. And and that just gets hard though, like because yeah. it's like he did nothing, and I'm not punishing him, but he's receiving the punishment of something he never did. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I'd be really intentional, saying like, he's not them. He never will be. He never has. And been. nobody in our lives will. Like ultimately, mm-hmm. it's like you have to start every relationship or every friendship completely mm-hmm. new because it's a different person mm-hmm. in a different context. 
Exactly. And even in relationships that I had, like with the network of mentors that I had, it also affected those relationships. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, well, I'm just waiting. Like, when are you going to say, like, we can't do this anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Like, when does the other shoe drop kind of thing? But it's hard. It's It's a hard hard thing to walk through. Which is why, like, continuing in the process of healing and knowing what is true and what isn't is so important. Yeah, dude. I'm on the same, Mm -hmm. same journey as you. Do you believe that most, if not all, people should have mentors in their lives? I have a feeling you're going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that? Oh, uh, without a doubt. I think not only should we all have mentors, but I'm pretty sure most people could and should also be a mentor. I agree. I totally agree. I think there's this weird misconception around, you know, we have to be a certain age to have a mentor or a mentor should be a certain age older than us or that we need to be a certain age older Mm -hmm. to be a mentor right but I don't think that's true I mean there's such thing as peer mentorship like right if we wanted to we could be mentors Mm -hmm. you probably don't need another mentor also I'm a mess (laughs) (laughs) but I think like and my philosophy of mentoring could be wrong so that's a huge like Mm -hmm. caveat of this but I think to be a mentor you need to just show up Mm -hmm. and be honest where you're at Mm -hmm. and maybe be one step ahead of someone yeah in any any area yeah don't pretend like you have it all together because newsflash. None of us do. And we probably never will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just to be a mentor, I think, obviously know it's on your plate. Know if there is capacity. Like if you mm-hmm. have that margin in your life and if you don't have margin, create it. But that's a whole different topic. But <laughs> <laughs> like just show up and be honest and mm-hmm. speak truth with love. Mm-hmm. Not just truth. But truth with love, love attached to yeah. it. So it's not harsh. And- it's just important, too, to have, like, accountability and guidance and, like, just the things that a mentoring relationship can provide that mm-hmm. maybe just a uh, general friendship or even, like, your parents, whatever. Like, it's someone who is actively involved in your life but mm-hmm. can speak into it in a way that maybe nobody else can. Or is willing. True. Like, sometimes our friends are like, oh, yeah, like you were saying, like, some of your friends saw what was going on, Mm -hmm. but they aren't always willing Mm -hmm. to say. It is a little bit more of a responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. And that's the power of community, right? Mm -hmm. Like, having people that are going to call you out and... Mm -hmm. In love? In love. Um, (laughs) And and just push you to be better. Yeah. Push you to be better, the best version, like, we keep saying the best version of yourself, which sounds like such a cliche nowadays, Mm -hmm. but, like... It's a real thing. Like, there is a capacity to which we can operate Mm -hmm. that would be our best Mm -hmm. self. Does that mean we're perfect? Absolutely not. But it means that, like, we're doing all the things we possibly can to be better. Right. And I think, too, like, and when establishing a mentor, Mm -hmm. like, creating a network of mentors or Mm -hmm. something like that is if you're going to call someone, right, like, you're going through something and it's hard and you need to pick up your phone and you need to call someone, you want to pick a mentor that's going to call you higher, mm-hmm. right? Like, you don't want to pick someone that's just going to sit and just, like, gossip with you and just, like, say, like, oh, that is really hard. They mm-hmm. shouldn't have done that, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Like, okay, yes, there's there's empathy, right? But at the end of that conversation, they're going to have called you to a higher standard mm-hmm. and say, okay, this happened. How do you react? Yeah. How do you respond? And what do you do now Yeah. to either not make that same mistake again, mm-hmm. to not create that problem for someone else, you know, like... You don't want to just call someone that's going to call and let you gossip. Right. Right. You want to call someone that's going to call you to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. That's some good word. <laughs> that's that's really good. So what advice do you have for those who want to find a mentor? Like, how can they start on that journey? 
Mm-hmm. I know it's a it's a it's a big one. It's a big I'm question. just thinking of like the mentors I've had in my life, and some have been very official, mm-hmm. like very official. I my very first mentor. Um, I went and she worked at Jessup and I went and bought her flowers and mm-hmm. a card and a coffee and I left it on her office desk and just asked her, I was like, I, this is what I see in you and this is something I aspire to be like, mm-hmm. would you be willing to meet with me and mentor me in this mm-hmm. next season of life? Just so you know, if you ask someone mentor you, they could say no, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that's okay. Um, it's like asking someone on a date. Like, right. And it has nothing to do with you. It's yeah. that mentor knows whether or not they have capacity mm-hmm. in that season of their life to create. Mm-hmm okay, yeah, I can sit with you or we can do life together, whatever is going on within mm-hmm. their personal thing. So if someone says no and you ask them to be a mentor, try again. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like don't mm-hmm. give up on that first try. And I think it's also making sure we know that it's not just going to be a, well, let's sit down every week and we're going to talk through A, mm-hmm. B, C, and D. And no, it's like getting in the trenches and living life with these mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I think that's where we grow the most is when we live in real time, like real community yeah. Yeah. and really show up not only for them, yeah. but allow them to show up for you. Yeah. Right. Like you look differently at the end of the day than you do. And you're like, I'm meeting my mentor for coffee. I must have my hair done and wear a real outfit <laughs> and show up. And I read my Bible this morning, you know, mm-hmm. like it looks different than running errands and going grocery shopping yeah. and like doing their dishes or what have you, mm-hmm. you know? And some of um, the best conversations I had with my mentor is at the soccer field at her son's base, baseball mm-hmm. or soccer game or baseball mm-hmm. game or basketball mm-hmm. court. Like those from the best conversations can happen in real life. And yeah. so be open to that. So there's like the uh, proper way by asking someone to be a mentor, but then there's also that organic way. The organic way, exactly. A friend, you have a friend and it naturally turns into this mm-hmm. mentorship relationship. And I think with that being said, yes, and create very clear expectations. Mm, yeah. All right. So there's nothing worse being in a relationship where you're assuming they're your mentor, but they're like, what? Mm-hmm. You, I was mentoring you? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So yeah. be very clear. And like, as that starts, it's organic. Mm-hmm. And that's when you know, like, this could work. Mm-hmm. But also kind of sit down and not sit down, like, officially. But don't be weird about it. Don't be awkward. But just sit and say, <laughs> hey, will you mentor me? Yeah. And what does mentoring even mean to yeah. you, right? What like, are you looking to get out of it? Like, exactly. are you trying to grow in a specific area of mm-hmm. your life? Or is it potentially career-oriented right. or whatever? And if you're not willing to grow, don't waste anyone's time. Ooh. Like, if you don't want to <laughs> actually deal with what's going on, like, don't ask someone to meet with you. Ouch. Yeah, don't ask someone yeah, to sit down and say, like, true. well, yeah, I know I do all those things, but I don't want to change. Yeah. No, I totally okay. agree. So it's why just... are you asking me to mentor you? You know? Yeah. That's good. Oh, well, Katrina, um, this is not an easy topic to uh, approach, but I think that um, in sharing our stories, which I know is hard hmm. um, because it brings up some stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But also you want to protect parts of parts of our stories. We want to protect oh, those. But how beautiful to see that, like, no matter what happens and no matter what we go through relationally, like, there is healing on the other side and there is growth on the other side. And so, mm-hmm. um, thank you for sharing your story. I know that's that rare. that was a big deal. Oh yeah. I think once you and I talked about this and we recognize like, we're not the only ones that have had this story uh-huh. and I don't think we're the only two uh-uh. that have had the story uh-uh. and uh-uh. in my heart, like, yeah, I've been hurt and this was really hard to go through and mm-hmm. even to like relive in this conversation, mm-hmm. like it brings up emotion and it makes me sad and like, I'm still praying for reconciliation with them, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I strongly believe it will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to wait on that to help someone else in their process, yeah. too. And that's my hope, right? Like, that the hurt that we receive, not only in this area of life, but 
anywhere mm-hmm. that we can be honest of mm-hmm. what we learned and what God did and yeah. how someone else hopefully can get through the same situation. Absolutely. Because, yeah, we are n- literally never alone. Someone has gone through yeah. something similar. Well, let's wrap up with a few fun little questions at the end that I get to ask every guest. You are 26. Yes. Knowing what you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let's try that again. Please. Please keep that last Knowing down. what you know now. Yeah. <laughs> What would you tell yourself at age 20? I think there, well, there's a lot of things. <laughs> but if I had, oh, there's a lot of things. Um, I probably would have changed my major for sure. Um, public policy was like yeah. way too hard. I didn't need to do that. Um, and with that, like, I would have said have more fun. Yes. Have more fun. And don't uh, take yourself so seriously. Yeah. There's a season for that. There's time for that. Mm-hmm. But Every day, all day long, you do not need to be so serious mm-hmm. and have more fun and go on those random adventures and those random beach trips. And mm-hmm. Yeah, because those turn into the memory jewel. Right. Keep like, it. I have too many members of the library. <laughs> That's depressing. And reading Constitution books. Like, I just have more fun. Yeah, you know? have more fun. Be studious, but have more fun in that. And yeah. um, on a more serious note, I would just say, like, man, God is faithful. Mm. And right now you're 20 and your life is so confusing and you're not really sure what's happening and why, I think you know about my 20-year-old age, like what all is going on and just like, God, why am I here? Like, I think honestly, mm-hmm. when I was 20, that was my rock bottom mm-hmm. of with my faith and struggling with my faith. And so I would tell myself, God is faithful. Mm-hmm. And right now you can't see up or down. Yeah. Like you just feel stuck. Yeah. But God's going to bring you through this. Mm-hmm. And he's going to use all of this for his glory. Mm, so that we all need the reminder of all the time. All the time. Um, so who or what is inspiring you lately? I've mentioned this multiple times. I have the best tribe in my life. And I'm so thankful for that. First of all, my roommate is rad. Uh, <laughs> y'all don't know her. Um, she's awesome. When we've lived together years ago and now we recently just moved back in together. Um, and I've watched her journey through what it looks like to truly step into Hmm. pursuing not only what sets your heart on fire, but what you believe God has created you to do, even Mm -hmm. if it doesn't make sense to the world. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've watched that journey in her life over the last five years and it's so beautiful to see what's Mm -hmm. happened. Um, so definitely Arielle Astoria is someone who inspires me daily. And then another one would hands down be, uh, my mentor, Joy Flores, she, she has just stuck with me mm-hmm. and she's shown me what it means to show up for other people. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I now get to implement in my life and mm-hmm. I get to do for other people. Mm-hmm. And as we're building our own like lives, we get to implement that and show that to more people, which mm-hmm. then hopefully is helping more people to learn what it means to show up for someone. Yeah. Um, and then obviously my fiance, I think he, Aww. Yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to be like just women or not, but, um, <laughs> no, I think just the way that Joel is so dedicated to what he does mm-hmm. and how even in mundane tasks, like he still shows up and says, what is it that God has for me right here? And mm-hmm. in this space, mm-hmm. even though I don't want to be right here in this space, <laughs> like I know I am for a purpose. And so it just yeah. reminds me every day of even in the mundane, like there is something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll never sight on that. Mm. So. Okay. So last question. Yes. And I'm asking everyone this one, and I'm just loving the answers we've been getting so far. But in your opinion, what makes someone a wild heart? Mm. Just the willingness to pursue things that aren't ordinary. Mm. So the willingness to chase after what sets your heart on fire. Mm -hmm. The willingness to chase after, like, your biggest dreams, your biggest, like, if I could do anything. Mm -hmm. Chase after that, even when it makes zero sense. Mm -hmm. Even when it's countercultural. Mm-hmm. Oh, girl, I get this. Even when yeah. 
our families are like, yeah, but you were supposed to do this. This. (laughs) Or the world says you should be doing this. Right. Yeah. Doing what you think you're supposed to do. Like that, that feeling in your gut that won't go away or that Mm -hmm. dream or that, 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 uh, there's always those like things that spark something in us. Mm -hmm. I always call it like the sweet spot when something in you is being ignited yet you know you can't do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Like, you know God has to come through. And just oh, for saying sure. yes to those things. And it's terrifying. Oh, yes. And you're like, oh, I'm so I'm scary. Gonna, I mean, you sure? Yeah. Wait, uh, me, wait, wait. I think that's for someone over there. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. But pursuing that and just trusting the Lord, like, okay. Yeah. Well, let's do this together. Not, yeah. I don't yeah, send if, me alone. If you're calling me to it, you got to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. I'll say yes. Yeah. One step at a time. Mm-hmm. One oh. step at a time. Well, Katrina, this has just been so fun. Thank you for wanting to be on this uh, homemade podcast of mine. <laughs> it's oh, like thanks for having me. It's <laughs> it's great. Well, I love you. <laughs> Enjoy your trip. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I hope that my conversation with Katrina has encouraged you, regardless of where you're at on a mentoring journey, whether you are a mentor or you are being mentored. And I want to go ahead and remind you once again that regardless of what you've experienced in those kinds of relationships, you are not alone. And if you have unfortunately experienced something similar, Katrina and I want you to know that we're here for you. So please feel free to reach out to either one of us or both of us on Instagram. And remember that anyone who makes you question your identity especially as a Christian, making you question who God says you are, we'd strongly encourage you to talk to somebody in your life who you truly trust because they're going to have the best discernment and they'll be able to give you the best advice for you right where you're at. Anyway, I look forward to seeing you guys back here in two weeks when I'll be sitting down with my friend Mia Higgins to talk about a really fun topic and that is cultivating an intentional life. Mia is like the most intentional person I've ever met in so many different ways, whether it's physical space, relationships, and everything in between. So we will see you back here in two weeks. Until then, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith.